On this episode, I get weird. Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 175 of the Ask Gary V Show. That was a little bit of a different intro. I'm in a very like kind of like. All right, D Rock, you can put on Snapchat. You're having fun over there. I'm uh, I'm not salty, but I'm in a weirdly passive mood. Really, you're physically back too, which isn't normal for the show. Right, I'm usually like right right up in it, right? All right, India, let's get into the show. Brandon Hufford asks, Sean West mentioned it, but this if stuff has been out for a while and used to be against it. Why change? Um, I guess we talked about this the other day, right? Like, you know, like, uh, but that's for an article, right? Mm-hmm. That was in Daily V4? Yeah. Daily V4 is up, by the way. Please uh, show a screen that's not clickable, even though it's within my own channel. So stupid. Um, uh, there's a couple reasons. One, the uh, the way we've executed the if. There's only, I only have one if going on right now. Uh, if this, then that. It's a product. You should all check it out. It's a tremendously efficient thing. Uh, I talked about uh, in an upcoming article, but I answer here on the show for you as well. I don't like when automation replaces something that should be done by a human, right? Uh, I don't like when the uh, my name Gary started showing up on email newsletters with like a different font, Gary, because it tried to seem like it was personal. I don't like when you're not authentic to the audience. So the execution we have currently, a couple things. One, I like the way it crops the picture uh, accordingly to uh, Twitter, so that works for me. Comes from Instagram, where I'm posting a lot. Two, I'm by hand. I mean, you know what, actually, where's my phone, you've got it. Right now, Check this out, guys. This is actually happening in real time right now. Uh, it's Look, it's even on my phone right now. I was about to do it, but I didn't uh, have time. Let me tell you why I'm okay with it. So these are the two images, one for Twitter, one for Instagram, and the copy for me to post right now on my social channels because uh, Daily V4 just came out, right? So what I used to do was I save these two, I post one on Instagram type, and I post one on Twitter. To me, that's not tricking the audience. That's just distributing content. Like even Facebook now, I don't post anymore. Whereas, uh, you know, because I believe that Facebook fan pages have become content-like sites and it's okay for us to schedule and things of that nature versus when you get a reply from me on Twitter or where, uh, when I reply in the comments of the, any comment I've ever made in, in, ever is me. Because I think if it's my profile, if it's a team Gary Vaynerchuk, it's just about authenticity. And the other thing that I have with the if execution is the URL is not like a Instagram URL, it's actually if. So I'm being very clear that it's coming from somewhere else. I guess, I guess I'm uh, honing in on my answer of what should be automated and not. I think that things that are perceived as, another hu- as you the human are doing them by the end audience should not be automated. But automation can work as long as you're not tricking and should work and can work when it's contextual and distributing the content. So to me it's, it's really just a clarification on what I've always believed which is if you're faking the funk of doing something human with automation, that's bad. Um, but if you're doing it for efficiencies of time and there's no confusion by the end consumer, then it's good. And so I guess it's an evolution of the 2.0 version of my, because I don't think I've been clear 
in the last decade of like, you know, thank you economy and things that I talked about. I do not think that you should have your assistant or another human being reply as you. The efficiencies we're creating for the Ask Gary Vee book, you know, Garrett is not, you know, and, and the rest of the team, you know, and Riley and all these people, they're not gonna come in and take my Gary V handle and reply to people to buy the book because you're gonna think that's me. They're gonna use the Ask Gary V handle. But the automation of a photo that goes from Instagram to use Twitter as a distribution channel for that, um, that is cropped properly and things of that nature, I'm comfortable with. Yeah. It, it, that's, that means it's on you, India. Meaning, like, you ask the next one. Yeah. yeah. You pause there for a second. You were waiting for an extra riff? No, just sometimes like you have a second thought and it seemed like you were going to. Got it. That was just me swallowing my gum. You swallow your, do you swallow your gum? I have swallowed every single piece of gum I've chewed since 1983. Living proof that the old wives tale is not true. Well, I mean, I just die from gum <laughs> absorbing my body. Right, there's, <laughs> it's, there's plenty of time for gum <laughs> to absorb my body. From Zacharias? Zacharias. Mm-hmm. Zacharias asks, what are your thoughts on buying a franchise business? Love the show, by the way. Thanks, Zacharias. Uh, you know, I think a franchise business is probably very good for a lot of people. When Burger King and McDonald's and, and Sonic and, and 7-Eleven, uh, all these kind of things, when they're doing the marketing for you and by putting that sign in front of the store, people are coming into your shop, uh, they deserve those dollars of whatever they take. And I don't know the model super well, but I do know a lot of people that I've met in my life that are very well off and very successful and like when you talk to them like, hey, how did that guy do it or how did that gal make their money? Oh, they own 79 KFCs. Like, you know, like, so I think the more interesting question is, is a franchise business right for you? If you're not good at building brand, if you're not good at getting customers but you're a good operator, you work hard, uh, you're looking for a steady income, uh, that might be a great business. If you're a great, like a franchise business for me would be idiotic because I'm a great marketer, I I can get people to show up to things, I can get people to come in, why would I give up part of the action to somebody that's doing that as well? So if I was to start a burger shop, I would never go with a franchise, I'd create my own thing. Um, But so I I think the bigger, so the business model's fine, it's been around for 50, 60, 70 years, it's a great way for people with with less dollars uh, to be successful because a lot of the work's being done for you. Um, and so I like the model, but I think the question is, is it the right model for you? Make sure you know your skill sets and all the monies that you're giving up to corporate by kicking them dollars, are, are they bringing you value for those dollars? Um, I, I've definitely heard of people that have started out in franchise business and realized, ah, crap, I'm good at these things. Uh, like it didn't, the, there wasn't a marriage there. But for people that are not marketers, uh, and don't know how to get asses in seats, uh, I think it's a very good uh, model. Sean? Sean. Sean asks, lots of people on Snapchat don't let followers snap them. If personal brands don't use it as a two-way street, aren't they missing the point? I think that they're missing something. I, I, you know, I've been feverishly and uh, fr- you know, send me a message right now on Snapchat and ask me to friend you up. I'm trying to do as many as I can. Problem with Snapchat is all your messages don't save. You start, they go away if you get too many, like I do. Like, I can't get in the queue, so you gotta keep kind of pinging me a little bit, which stinks. Meaning like, I can't keep scrolling. Yeah, like, well, you don't get hundreds of messages an hour. I know about your content. I'm kidding. I'm make, that was just the Raz for fun. Um, you probably are. Uh, uh, you know, so so that kind of stinks. But yeah, I do. I do think that when you look at Mike, who's been winning on it, and some of the other people, like some of the early people that are following the blueprint. You know, by the way, real quick, everybody's kind of yapping at me right now, like, oh, you're pushing Snapchat so hard. You guys have been very close to the show. Nobody was saying that about Facebook with me last year. That's all I talked about. 
right? Or Instagram, just because it's the first, they've never seen it happen in an early stage. They kind of caught me mid Facebook thesis when I started the show. Guys, this will happen again. If this show continues and like schmooga mooga, like, like that's what I'll all talk about until I feel like I've totally squeezed. Anyway, um, yes, I, look, I, look, the answer is they're not missing the point. They're playing, it means that these personalities are playing the width game, not the depth game. Let me explain. If you just keep it as you're a content pusher and people wanna see you uh, dressed sexy or business advice or whatever the hell you're doing, uh, if you're just doing that and you're not engaging with people because first of all, female personal brands have it different. I mean, I've already talked to multiple of my female friends on the shit that they're getting from leaving their Snapchat open. It's like, it's like, it's not good, okay? That's number one. Uh, number two, for the guys in the crowd, it's a complete no-brainer if you want to create depth. For, for women, unfortunately, this is just life. Um, it's a little trickier for me to give blanket advice, um, but clearly, you know, as a matter of fact, question of the day, whether it happened on Twitter or whether it happened on email or whether it's happening right now on Snapchat, has me personally responding in a world where I've done them all, by the way, <laughs> from the prior question, has that impacted how you feel about me? That's the question of the day. And the answer is gonna be yes from a lot of people, right? Like people appreciate effort and that engagement. And so when the question's being asked, are they missing the boat? I do, I think they're missing an opportunity. People are affected by what they're outwardly putting, but those, if they took one second and said thanks, or hello, or yeah, I said yeah Holland to some guy today. You know, like if they do that, I literally believe that that, that person will pay more attention, do more things with them, biz dev more with them, care about them longer. Um, and I think there's a real ROI for that little extra effort. Even though it's it's work, maybe it's work. Oh, it's kind of long, but when did he put this out? Just just today. Is that right? What's up, Gary Vaynerchuk? (laughs) I I got it. This is Damon John, the P. Bulls sharp. The now, of course, shark. you know that I am a huge fan of the show. That kind of reminds me of when uh, Dr. Evil said, Who? His what? Faja. His Faja. <laughs> anyway, don't worry about that. So, now you know I have my new book out called um, The Power of Broke. Uh, D Rock, do me a favor. Can you just uh, uh, put that link up and sprinkle D-Rock me? D Rock getting some love. Stefan, you're dissed. Here's my question for you. Well, we already know your history. We know your history of coming up from nothing and learning how to turn around uh, this amazing business you have. And now you have a huge empire. You have an empire where people like sharks follow you and have a huge amount of respect for you. So I know you know how to apply the power of broke because you did it back then and you do it now. But now you're spending your own money and you're investing uh, in many, many startups and many people out there. How are you making sure that they are applying the power of broke? Because of course, when somebody doesn't apply the power of broke, they take in money, they just think they can go buy everything, it's gonna make life better. That's not the case. And more importantly, after they apply the power of broke, how are you making sure they keep their mentality so when they get to this point in life, they keep the power of broke mentality to ensure success? I love him. Dee, thanks so much for the question. Uh, uh, I also, 
love, you're clearly a branding genius. You've said power broke so many times <laughs> that I think I'm gonna say power broke 15 more times and like, if you keep saying it, it just becomes real. Um, you know, I, I actually think it's impossible to do. I think it's very hard to teach broke. Um, I don't know how to instill, I mean, I'm, uh, forget about all my investments, I'm scared crapless of how I'm gonna teach my kids that um, because they're gonna be in the power of rich. That's right, Misha and Xander, I'm calling you out. You're soft. Um, so, you know, I mean, look, I mean, it's very hard to instill those virtues um, and I don't know that I've been successful as an entrepreneur who's become an investor of instilling that into my investment uh, uh, investments at all. I think what I've done well is I've recognized what they may be good at. Oh, you're not the power of hustle and broke and all that, but you know what you are? You came from a rich family, you are seriously educated, and I think you really understand operations, and your number two looks like they're pretty hungry and broke. Like, like I, I really haven't, I don't think it's fair to, to think that we can instill the power of broke in the same way that I don't think anybody can instill into me the hashtag power of prep school, right? Like, like it's just not part of that DNA. And so I think, I think, um, I think that's a challenge. As a matter of fact, I don't read, uh, though I tried an audiobook on uh, on my vacation, and it didn't go so bad. And you could do two times speed. It was pretty cool. Um, so I'm really interested in how you approach this with the book, and like how much, like how do you how you instill hustle or things of that nature has been interesting. As outside investing, it's been very hard for me. Internally, I do think you can do it. I've been very, uh, in the same way probably mom and dad, AJ, probably instilled that into us, right? Because they worked hard? Good, thanks AJ. Um, in the same way, no worries, do your thing. See, he's hustling so hard, he's not hustling. Uh, like, you know, like, so, like in the same way that I think my parents showed me work ethic and it was instilled in me, I definitely see, I, I think India works harder today, look, get captured at, right? India, do you truly think that you work harder? Forget about smarter. Do you think you work harder because you've been so close to the, to, if I'm the son of hustle, right? If to the son of, the, what? What? You're a copywriter and could use more, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but do you, think, do you think you work harder yeah. because of it? Yeah, just from being around you. I, don't you agree with that, bro? It rubs off, things rub yeah, of off. Of course, of course, yeah. absolutely. It's like how you start saying the same words. 100%. Like I'm gonna say power of broke all day. <laughs> I, I do, so I think as an investor, and I have empathy, I know what you do, it's on TV, I get it. Like it's hard to do that from afar, close. In the same way that I think I'll be able to pull it off with my kids. I think, uh, I think as an organization, for a lot of you that have three, four, seven, nine, twelve employees, I do think you can instill it. And it's a very funny way you do it. By doing it. Only actions. Actions, actions, actions. The only way I think you can do it is by you, the leader of a company, acting a certain way and people, you agree with that one, AJ? AJ's into that one. So, um, so I guess, Damon, if you can spend enough time with your investments and they can, uh, I think one of the ways that, um, you, know, you know what's actually crazy? I actually have figured out a weird way how to do it. It's called Daily V. I've had multiple people that are investments of mine email me about the first three episodes, the fourth one just went up. The three episodes of Daily V, like, whew. You might be working harder than me and I haven't even made it yet and I've got, like, so, uh, actions. Awesome. Cool. Last one. Last one. Jing1990 asks, have you ever released a subpar product or service? If so, why? What did you learn from it? Tons of times I learned that if I don't apply all my energy into something, it can't be as good as it can be. I mean, all day, always. 
because I'm always testing, I'm always doing things. Like, didn't we launch a Gary app that I was gonna engage with everybody on? Like, yeah, VChat. I mean, like, the answer is like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. Gourmet library never took off. Like, what I learned is unless I am 100% all in on something, it is vulnerable. Doesn't mean it's not gonna work, it means that it is vulnerable. And even if I have a great leader in place, like the, the only way that I've been able to guarantee success is for me to micromanage the operations of that. I've had successes when I didn't do that up front, but, but it's, what I've learned is I try to butt off more, bite off more than I can chew. My vulnerability as an entrepreneur always is big eyes, right? I think I can do everything. I literally think I can force in my 17 hour days everything through victory. I've become much more aware of that from 35 to 40. I still do it because I get enjoyment out of it. Like just having a lot going on is exciting for me, but I can afford that enjoyment today versus, you know, and so uh, this means right. I'm trying to be smarter about that too. I'm trying to make them be very, very enjoyable or have a much better chance of winning, but uh, the answer is tons of times I've launched subpar products, um, mainly because I wasn't 150% behind it. Uh, and because maybe, and really to give you guys more value, <clears throat> one thing I've learned, a lot of times I'll start with something and being 150% in it, and then like very quickly it becomes 100, then 80, and 70, and they all have different timings. Sometimes I've gotten better at eliminating the things that I'm 150% into, and letting it sit for more than like a week to allow myself to see if it's still at a buck 50. And then if it's at a buck 20, I'm like, I'm out. But if it's a buck 50 for a month or two, and, and, and then I'll go. So yeah, I mean, if you're not in it, you're not in it. Good, I asked a question of the day. I feel like this office makes weird shows. What book did you listen to? Uh, Walter Isaacson wrote a book about innovators, right? Big fat new book. He's the guy that did the Steve Jobs book. It's kind of interesting. Double speed was interesting. He didn't read it, which, uh, which I disrespected. I think all authors should read their audiobooks. Aren't you not reading the I'm reading. The whole thing. I'm reading the whole thing. Oh, I have, I have questions being read, but like the answers is like, the questions wasn't my writing, there were questions. But thanks for the razz. <laughs> thanks, man. You keep asking questions. <laughs> Such a weird mood. I'm in like, <laughs> I'm in, this is as weird as it gets. And it's coming off a weird, this is back to back weird. There's people that like said last double weird, like bookend weird. It's because I'm in a very kind of like <laughs> time. Yeah, okay. I'm in a very weird mood. See you later. Uh, oh. <laughs> we talked about if.